Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. 
Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. The concept is simple. Me and a guest, a topic, and then we rank it. Get it? Got it? Good. Well, here today for a long-awaited Star Wars Ranked. I think we talked about this at one point when we first met. Uh, we had scheduled it. Life got in the way for both of us. And now here we are finally talking about the best moments in Star Wars Rebels with Shayna O'Neill, a.k.a. Geek Girl Diva. Oh, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? It's very good to have you and your voice in here today. I thought, you know, finally glad that we could actually do this. We yeah. have, we talked about this a year ago. I mean, yeah, it's been a, it's been long, long in the works. Uh, now, Star Wars Ranked is, you know, it's our fun little show to discuss things and rank things, and, and ranking is, you know, it's never the definitive list. But when it comes to Rebels, this might be the definitive list because you're here. You are a Rebels champion. You, more than anyone I've met, you and Emma Fife, and there's some others uh, who just love this show through and through and get it and, and love what it brings. And I'm right there with you, but I think you were there before, before I got there, because I had to get through season one and go, okay, there's things I like, things I don't like. Let me work past the puffer pigs and the space whales later on, but we're here. And I want to start today's ranked actually just talking to you Cool. about Star Wars Rebels. When did it set in? When did you connect with it? What, it's, what is it? <laughs> Well, the very first, I mean, the first trailer. Yeah. The first trailer I saw, and that was it. And I think it was because, honestly, I hadn't seen anything like it mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, I had been tangentially aware of the Clone Wars. Sure. But I hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. So it a lot, was, a lot it of was people one of those things where I was just, I wasn't paying attention, and then boom, I'm like, what is this thing? Like, what? You know, and, <laughs> and this all kind of popped up. And then... Yeah. Um, so the first trailer, I saw that. And then, not long after, because it was all part of the new uh, the new launch on Star Wars, um, the very first book that came out was A New Dawn. Right, yes. So there I was. I was reading about Kanan and Hera. So I yeah. read that, I'm pretty sure, before I ever saw the show. It did, yeah. It came so out I first. That's summer. I came into the show with like mm-hmm. these two characters and yeah. immediately in love with both of them. Right. So... That that combination just I was so ready to go when the darn thing premiered and I watched yeah. all the shorts. Yeah, there's the about four or five. Four yeah, there four, four, right? Yeah. Um I watched the first four shorts and then um and then I was there counting down for the premiere. <laughs> um yeah. and and I've been ride or die ever since. Yeah. And um and definitely I think it's one of those where when I first started watching it, something about it, you know, I just I just Part of it with me with Star Wars is I don't really give it a whole lot of thought yeah. as far as what I'm expecting. So it's real easy for me to just get in and dive in because I have no expectation about what I'm going to see. That's a good place to start from. <laughs> it's I basically I'm I think it 
the best way to put it is when I first saw Star Wars, you know, yeah. when I was eight years old right. at the theater, yeah. I had no frame of reference. Yeah, true. I didn't just- know. I had no idea what this was. And so I basically just walked in the theater, sat down, and this movie started, and I had two choices. My choices were sit there and go, huh? Or, okay. 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 This is the world and galaxy far from, Okay. You didn't question uh, force powers you hadn't seen before or anything like that. You just were there. <laughs> I was I was just there. I <laughs> didn't question anything. Uh, um, I need to know who this emperor is. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and and I think that's part of it is I've always gone into yeah. a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and even even coming into TFA and then and then the Last Jedi, I genuinely had no expectation about what was going to happen. So for me, yeah. from the moment they started, it was just like. It, it was like that getting in the in the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. And just strapping in. Just, All right, let's go. There we go. Um, and so I think that's a lot of it is that I bought into the world because that was the world that was presented to sure. me. And then I went through all of the the kind of experiences. And, you mm. know, there were some episodes where I was like, I mean, I oh, I wanted to give Ezra a spanking for the first season, the whole yeah, yeah. first season. Okay, yeah, me too, me too. I mean, the whole first season, I was like, somebody please put him over your knee and right. spank him. And I'm, I, you know, I, I know that's not in vogue anymore. Sure, no. You're not supposed to spank kids, but hi, I got spanked as a kid. And <laughs> <laughs> me too, like, and do it for Ezra. I'd yeah, have yeah. been like, Ezra, yeah. go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. Go pick the switch. No, I'm not yeah. that. <laughs> not, not that. I'm but, not advocating that. But it it, it, it it the show grew along with Ezra, which which again, Clone Wars did too. You said you, you weren't as familiar with it, but I was there at the beginning of Clone Wars where I was like, who's this Ahsoka, snippy little preteen girl? What do we got here? And it wasn't even that it was that. It was just like, what this this dialogue, something's off. And right. then you're like, oh, this is, this is a character to grow Well, with. and that was a thing I think a lot of people didn't understand immediately, which was that Ezra is the focus of the show. Yeah. He's, he is the focus of the show. So the age he is mm-hmm. is whatever year it is. Yeah. Um, it's focused around his experiences and how he experiences things. And everybody else around him is certainly part of that. And mm-hmm. as the show went on, they expanded it out. But... But my experience was basically with Ezra. And because I wasn't, I don't really relate to a 14-year-old boy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I was much more like Sabine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it was, was that even though there were times I was like, ugh, I related to it. And mm-hmm. I understood it because on top of all this, there was this story. Yeah. We were telling the story about this new planet. And we were talking about all these new people. And wait a minute, they're talking about something that happened... This is stuff I don't know. Yeah. What is this? Oh, and introduces you to this larger world. Yeah. And you you remind me of a Sabine that grew up into a Hera. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think um, one of the things I actually observed during the last season, and especially in the last couple of episodes, was that... Ezra and Sabine became partners in the same way that Kanan and Hera were. Yeah. Very much the same. Mm-hmm. Jedi and pilot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jedi and strategist. You know, the, the, the action versus the emotion, mm-hmm. all of that. And that they they worked as in sync in episodes like A World Between Worlds and also in the finale where they literally were, to me, they were, they took the the 
the role models that they were given. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And so to me, that's, it's interesting that you say that yeah. because I think that is part of it is that Sabine's her own person. Mm-hmm. She's her own whole complete human being, but who she is, is influenced by Hera Syndulla. Yeah. And in all good ways. Oh, well, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. I can see uh, we've got the right person to talk Aww. about it here today. And you, met, you talk about New Dawn. I, I might go back and get the book a read because it was the first out of the gate. And I remember not being blown away by it, but I loved Kanan because I was like, who's this drunk cowboy Jedi? He's a flawed Jedi, and, and you know we know that he, he didn't officially get the title, but but there was something intriguing about him, and then Hera too in the story, and Ray Sloan is introduced in, in New Dawn as well. I really hope they do yeah, more with Ray. Sloan. They really do need to do more with Ray Sloan. I talk about it a lot here, but yeah, but Kanan drew me, so I, I almost want to go back. Count Vidian wasn't my favorite villain of all the Star Wars stuff, but I want to go back and, and, and know what I know now and the see. The funny where it thing began. is, I think part of it is for me is that Vidian to me was just. He was just the bad guy. Yeah. And he wasn't the point. Right. Uh, And maybe that's it, is that for me, he wasn't the point. The point, I didn't want to know his motivations. I didn't want to know his inner workings. I didn't want to have any, I had, I was like, oh, you're afraid of death. Mm -hmm. You want to be as, you know, powerful as you can be. You want to whatever. And in the end, all you're really here doing is Mm -hmm. strip mining these, these, these moons this yeah. planet and this moon yep. in order to get something that you feel and in order to prove yourself so that you can advance. Right. Okay. I know you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I got your right. number. And then it gives us the, the, the origins of, of this crew, which is why I think I want to go give a second chance. Yeah. And also seriously, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for romance. Well, and Star Wars needs romance. Sucker. It's part of this epic feel. Han and Leia is part of the DNA of Star Wars. Well, see, and the funny part is to me, and I know people are going to, don't get mad at me. Never Um, happens on the internet. um, Han and Leia, Han and Leia are a great couple Mm -hmm. for about a year. I don't know. I'm not trying to slam anybody. <laughs> but we but, well, we see what but, happens. But we see what happens. They had an up and down relationship. They had a very up and down. There was passion. Yeah. Those two are the those two are are, are very much the theory of uh Hera and Kanan versus Han and Leia are pretty much my best examples of what does and what doesn't work in a relationship. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and and I I joke around about this a lot, but as someone who's been married 10 years and who's been with my current, well, my current, my only spouse, he's only one spouse. Sorry. I wasn't going to judge if you were like one of seven. (laughs) All right. Um, but we've been together 15 years. And one of the things that occurred to me a long time ago and something my mom told me was when you're, when you're married to somebody or when you're with someone for a long time, the truth of the matter is, is that you're going to fall in and out of love with each other. Yeah, yeah. Passion fades. It comes and mm-hmm. it goes. It's all based on yeah. hormones and emotions and how you feel <laughs> that day. But love, real honest love, is something that sticks. And so it's that idea that my mom used to tell me, she was like, I used to wake up some mornings, I'd look at, I'd look at your stepfather and be like, I don't like you today. <laughs> And that, but yet they could be together. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that Han and Leia, totally hot for each other sure. and totally passionate. And the passions there, the, the thing was, was that when they finally had to deal with 
there wasn't a whole big crisis around them. There were none of these things happening. Yeah. They didn't know how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas Canon and Hera know how to talk to they each do. other. They're partners first. Yeah. And they love each other deeply. Yeah. But they didn't have the option to be super passionate. Right. They could, so yeah. They, you know, so that to me is the difference is they they are, for me, they're the, the most solid couple in Star Wars as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's, it's a compelling case, especially with what we see where it goes. It's, it's almost like Kane and Hera are the Sandy Bullock and Jason Patrick Speed 2 <laughs> versus Keanu and Sandy Speed 1 and Han and Leia. All right. <laughs> I like it. We are here to discuss the best moments in Star Wars Rebels. We each have five. We're going to start with your number five. Who do you have? What do you got? I got Ahsoka and the Inquisitors. Oh, yeah. Because Ahsoka going up against the fifth brother and the mm-hmm. seventh sister just... This there be wh- she what, comes out with the two white right. lightsabers. Oh, yeah. And just kicks butt. And this is season two, this right? Was, oh, I'm trying God. to remember. This is the only way I have a problem. I can't remember. Season two ends with her and Vader, so yes. it'd have to be earlier in season two. Yes. At the um, end of one. All this right. was during the whole. Mm-hmm. This is when they were taking the babies. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, look, but, all I know is the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not a linear thinker. Um, <laughs> but the fact that we hadn't seen her, and then when we see her, mm-hmm. you know, we're introduced to her again, and after you kind of get the over the whole jaw drop of, oh my god, it's Ahsoka. Right. You know, then there's this whole other thing and she's much more of a mentor and she's kind of, you know, telling people what to do, but Mm. to see her out of that mentor role, to see her out of that, that more subdued leadership role, just igniting those blades going to town. And the fact that she had dual white lightsabers was just so cool. Right. Which connects to that great, uh, EK Johnston book, Ahsoka, where she rebleeds the blades, unbleeds the blades in a way. It's, to me, that's what's so amazing is the idea that we got so many different facets of her, but one of the things we didn't get until mm-hmm. Rebels was grown-up Ahsoka yeah. on her own terms, you know, her own mm-hmm. style, just going for it. And so definitely... It, you touched upon the core of why I think this choice is so great to be on your list here is you said it. She shows up at the what, the end of season one or you know, she's mm-hmm. fulcrum and yay, cool. And there it is this, oh, man, Ahsoka's back, Ahsoka's back. And then it's a different kind of Ahsoka and she's a supporting player for this crew and we have to accept it. We're not going to get her run around the galaxy with Anakin again, all that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden in that moment, it was not only Ahsoka from the Clone Wars, but it was like, not only is she back, but she is better than ever. And it really, you really felt that. Yeah. It earned it. Yeah. It earned the moment. So number five, Ahsoka and the Inquisitors, which means my number five is up along with the same line of thinking here. It is the Clone Wars Reborn. Is one of the best things about Rebels that it's a sequel to the Clone Wars in a weird way? Kind of. I don't want that to take away from Rebels, but I love that Dave Filoni had this plan once it started, and he says it. I didn't want to do this right away. Season one wasn't going to be like, look who's back. I wanted uh, my own characters, and he even said, it'd be kind of arrogant of me to come back and be like, all my characters are back in. So he did it right, and he did it in a very logical, makes sense in the story way, and a Clone Wars fan like myself got to see Rex again. And it was almost... Uh, a, a real life emotional moment. I cried. A gulp in my throat. I cried. Yeah. He showed up and I was like, 
just yeah, and the stuff you can do with him, and that the, the ties back to the Clone Wars, and 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 those Bail Organa showing up, which uh, not only connects to to the Clone Wars, but Star Wars as a whole. Uh, Bo Katan, Bo Katan, Chris is one of my favorite characters. The great Katie Sackhoff voices her to have her come back, and then that's that story. From years ago, gets tied up, and then Ahsoka herself, among others. And there's yeah. other little things along the way. Yeah. I just love that we And I think that. that part of that also, which was nice, is that it didn't become the Clone Wars yes. part two. You know, it, it was that it was its own complete story all mm-hmm. by itself. And yet Dave knew there were certain things he wanted to wrap up that he hadn't had a chance to do. Yeah. But the way he did it to incorporate... The, the Clone Wars characters into the Rebel story, but never make them um, the focal point mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have them be part of this other crew and, and, to, integ- you know, to integrate them into that yeah. gave them the, not only the ability to tell the story of these characters, but also to take the knowledge and experience yes. of those characters and put them into these new characters. And I think part of that is is that, you know, so much of Star Wars, there is a connectivity. But also you want to you believe that the things people have done, that they, that they're, they kind of go on. Yeah. You know? It, it, yeah, it, it helped fill out the world, and world a lot. And then what you just said there, too, it wasn't like Filoni says. It would have been arrogant to just make Clone Wars Part 2. They serve it, and it's part of, dare I say, a little lesson, too, for older <laughs> generation of Star Wars fans. You're here. Enjoy it. But also, this isn't all about you anymore, too. You've got to learn with someone else. And I, I love seeing Rex just fall in line. All right, cool. I'm part of this team. I'm a key member. But Hera's leading the crew. We got Ezra, we got Kanan, and I'm just here. And also, I think what was great about it was the fact that Dave Filoni somehow managed to deal with the whole clone Jedi tension mm-hmm. and yeah. ended the Clone Wars. He ended did. them like boom, boom, boom. Yep. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Resolution done. And I was it's like, great episode, this yeah. is amazing great because. This is one of the big questions that's lingered mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it and one of the things I think for me personally don't get mad at me. This is uh, this is me saying don't get <laughs> mad at me. I am not a huge fan of the prequels. All right. Um for whatever reason at the time it didn't connect with me. Sure. Um and part You are of not it, alone. And part <laughs> of it was for me with Attack of the Clones was that there was so much going on and there was so much happening. And honestly, I was confused. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. And so part of it was that even for me, mm-hmm. knowing what the story's about and these clones that got created and how this all worked, I understood it like on a macro level. Sure. But the way it got broken down in the episode mm-hmm. had me think, oh my God. Like, Mm-hmm. Whoa. You know, I had a yeah. very Keanu Reeves moment. Whoa. <laughs> because I understood then, I don't think up until that point, I knew the Emperor was a bad dude. Right. But I always saw him as an evil force user. Yeah. I didn't see him as a strategist. Yeah. Not really. I saw him as manipulative. Sure. And I saw him as, as strong in the dark side, but I didn't see him as a strategist. And to realize the chessboard he set up. Right. 
and we're still all playing the on yeah. pieces. And we, yeah, exactly. We're still playing on it. That blew my mind to see it all encapsulated into one episode. Yeah, that's it's it's some of the best stuff out there. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my number five, which means we're up to your number four. Wow, my number four, and I'm amazed it's this far back, but it is. Hey, that means there's a lot of moments. Is when uh, Ahsoka and Vader. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That fight and that scene, and even the lead up to it, mm-hmm. from the moment Ahsoka. Felt the presence. Yeah. Vader saying the words, the apprentice lives. And I was like, <gasps> it's, I mean, I, yeah. I lost my breath and that whole thing. And the, the concept of, you know, it's funny was they talk about, you know, with the Jedi and emotion and how it clouds your actions and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is when you really look at it, Ahsoka probably knew right from go. Yeah. She probably knew from the touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why would she want to know? It's so beyond anything she could possibly imagine or want to deal with right. that she literally just decides that's not, no. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Yeah. Um, and I think that the moment in the temple where she has that realization where she sees Anakin and then he morphs, I think is that moment where she, even if she doesn't really accept it, she knows. Yeah. And even still in her mind, whoever Vader is, Vader is some, some construct. Yeah. She doesn't get who he is. Mm -hmm. And then even when she's about to go up against him in her mind, this is something that, as soon as he sees her, he's going to snap out of this. Right. I can pull it back. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's me. It's you know, snips. It's snips. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Luke saying, yeah. you know, there's good in my father. Mm-hmm. That, that you can't even believe. How can you believe that somebody that you love, that you've put all of this time and energy and, and who you, in essence, who you look up to and respect and who's taught you everything, to look at them and see somebody who's completely not who you believe them to be. Right. And it wasn't until she was fighting so hard against it. Mm-hmm. And there was that moment where she, where she broke the helmet. Oh, it's a great, yeah. And the visual there. there was a moment there where you see Anakin see her. Mm-hmm. And you could feel it in her that she's like, see me. You know, it's almost like yeah. that moment where you're trying to deprogram somebody yeah. who's been in a cult. You know, you're like, yep. I'm right here. And the fact that he makes a conscious choice and that anger comes into his face. And that was the moment where she's like, that's it. Okay. Yeah. That, is, this has happened. This has happened. Yeah. That's it. And, and I think that there's something about that, that whole, um, mm. pardon me. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's that whole idea that you can. When you grow up and you love somebody and you want them to be yeah. all of the things you want them to be. Yeah. And they're not who you thought they were anymore. Mm-hmm. There's that moment where you recognize that your parents are fallible. Yes. You we, know, yes. you realize they're human. They mm-hmm. stop being your parents and yep. they just become people. Yeah. And it's that idea that that their own that they're their own complete human beings 
who make good choices and who make bad choices. And mm-hmm. I think it's that that amazing moment where she actually has to look at and then deal with the pain because she left. She left. Yeah, yeah. She turned her back she, uh, with well, good reason. I mean, she left for a good reason. Good reason. It's and one of the I best moments in the Clone end, Wars. Yeah. I don't think she could have made a difference. No, no, no. She I left think for he would have killed her. Yeah. But to see that all play out. You, I mean, amazing. You're, you're you're sitting here talking about it emotionally moved, and, and it's because it's 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 the threads and it's what the importance of Star Wars, why we love this so much, yeah. even though some of the negative stuff around it and days it gets tough to be a Star Wars uh, commentator, um, <laughs> is what it does to us, what it moves, and the lessons it takes. And remember, this is Filoni has the George mentality of let's talk to the twelve year olds, and this is a tough lesson. It was cool on the level of uh, oh my god, Ahsoka and Vader, and then the visual of the helmet is one of the best vision visuals in yeah. Star Wars. But yeah, what you're just describing here is the lesson you might have to learn to to walk away from someone who's who's made the choice to not be who they could be, yeah, and 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 get rid of that and have that not be in your life anymore. That that's a that's a valuable lesson for a twelve year old watching. And I the cartoon. will say though that I think one of the things that makes Filoni and Look, George Lucas is a genius. George mm-hmm. Lucas created a world that we all sure. we all play yep. in, we all love. He is it's, the creator. He's the creator. Um, I think Dave Filoni took that that idea of Star Wars is for 12-year-olds mm-hmm. and took it from the literal 12-year-old yeah. to the child at heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also realized that, and especially with Rebels, you see it, there are different levels of understanding. You can watch it as a kid's show. Yeah. And be perfectly fine and see it from a certain level. But there there are also things in there that speak to us as adults, that speak to us as, you know, as as teenagers and that kind of thing. And so I think part of what he's done is he's taken that that overarching theme and then also said, and it's for adults too. Yeah. And I think that's part of why that moment, that moment will hit a 12-year-old different than it'll hit a 32-year-old. Who's had to go through it or is about to or feels they need to. Right. So I think that's one of the things. But Mm. absolutely, I think it's the emotional investment. And that's just your number four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which leads us to my number four. And it is uh, a fight to end all fights. It's one of the best lightsaber fights in Star Wars. Kanan versus the Grand Inquisitor. (sighs) The final moments of the Inquisitor. Look what this Ezra gets involved. It's his first real experience with a good uh, real life lightsaber fight. Amazing music. Kevin Kiner, we could talk about all day. The thematic, theatrical, worthy music, uh, the Phantom Menace callbacks to one of the highlights of the prequels, of course, this fight in like this weird railless power center, um, and then great action, and then I love the Grand Inquisitor's final words to Caden. There are some things far more frightening than death. Yeah. And then he falls to his death. And Kanan's affected by it there. It is a, a lot. We talk about the great lightsaber fights. Ahsoka Vader's in there, too. Ahsoka versus yeah. the Inquisitors. Kanan versus the Grand Inquisitor. And I know it's funny. There are people who who look at that fight and they're like, eh. like there are some people who really don't dig it or see Pish it as posh, it's really, I And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's they're flipping around. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kanan Jarrus with a blaster in one hand and a lightsaber in the other. <laughs> May well be one of my favorite visuals of all yeah. time. I haven't seen it before. 
no, in no. Star Wars unless I'm not remembering. And it's possible I'm not. Please. Sure. Yeah. But it, but yeah. in general, no. No. But the that's idea not that the point. he yeah. integrated those and yeah. had equal facility with both. Yeah. To me, and it was just that because again, you, you look at someone like Hayden, he doesn't have formal like his formal training ended. It ended. You're really young, so he's yeah. he does so much on instinct and improvisation. Mm-hmm. So for him. Yeah, bl- he's used blasters just as you know much if more than he's used a lightsaber. So right. the idea that he would use both and that he would that he would interchange with them to me was so cool. And yep. the the and seriously, someone it, and somebody needs to invest in railings. <laughs> <laughs> you got to cut those corners somewhere. I'm telling you, you got to cut those corners. Railings are the who, way to go. Who does this infrastructure with great big <laughs> gaping holes and no railings? I think they were like, yeah, Palpatine wants some new uniforms for everybody, some new gear. He constantly wants new versions <laughs> of TIE Fighters. Pull the railings. Don't tell him. We don't have the budget. Don't tell him. And, then, the budget. and then they're like, you know what? Let's put a railing in his throne room, and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> now Vader's, he's happy. Vader's going to toss you over now there. Now he's happy. But yeah, so, I think that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That fight to me, and the all the different, mm. all the different ways that it went, and that moment yeah. of Kanan... Thinking Ezra's dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have nothing left to fear. Yeah. Deep stuff. Deep but stuff. But he's like, at that point, he's like, I don't, the, I have nothing left to fear. I think in a way people think of it like he was afraid of the Inquisitor. And I'm like, no. Yeah. He was trying to keep Ezra safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want Ezra to see him go. Yeah. yeah. Dark. Dark. Go down so that path. Ezra's not a consideration right now. Mm-hmm. That's it, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's on. <laughs> you, you want it? It's on. You got it. Let's go. No railings in Donkey Kong either. So that's my number four. Caden <laughs> versus the Grand Inquisitor, one of the great lightsaber fights, which means we're up to your number three. My number three is an entire episode. I couldn't pick a moment. That's right. fair enough. World between worlds. Ooh, yeah. I love that stuff. There are so many things in that episode. Yeah. And there are so many things that, like, I'll watch it, and then I watch it with other people, and then they notice things, and we still have, like, in my house, we still have a whole bunch of theories about what was going on with that portal. Yeah. And I have a theory about that portal. What's your, what's your theory? The my, Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Um, I no, I'm assuming you have charts and graphs. No, I don't. Sorry. Um, yes, please refer to page 32 of your syllabus. <laughs> Um, no, the portal for me, when the emperor shows mm. Ezra Canaan's death. Right. And he's telling him to reach out. You could save him. You could save him. And I think that in that moment, he's, that's not, that's not a memory. Mm-hmm. You think it's live and living person color? No, no. Uh, Let me go back because it's not the emperor. But when he sees that, when he sees sees the vision, and he's saying to Ahsoka, "Yeah, I could, I could, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that what that moment is is I think that's the emperor on the other side of that portal, Mm, and he's projecting it. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, I like that idea. And what he's doing is, Mm. is he's hoping because he knows that Ezra pulled Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Out, right. He can't get through that portal by can't himself. Yeah. But if if Ezra reaches in to grab Kanan, 
and he pulls out the yeah. the emperor. It it it's yeah it it's it's. I think that's what that it's is. The Nazgul needing the the, the 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 ring to be activated to get in get into some place. Yeah. yeah so it, I totally that believe that that's the emperor like that. that who put that out there, and literally that if Ezra had reached through, he would have pulled yeah. the emperor out. Yeah. I don't think it's about the temptation. I think Ahsoka, mm. you know, thinks it's about that, and I think it's a really great kind of lesson. And there could be yeah, there could be and a there lesson. There could also be a lesson. Yeah, there, it's absolutely. a lesson in there too. But yeah. if you really want to get dark about it, because that's the same it. portal you see him in. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So right. I'm like, oh. this is no war, world between worlds is is fascinating. It's a, it's a great choice. It's it's I called it my favorite episode, only because I think I was so surprised. I generally go for the war, I go for the fighting, I go for the rebels yeah. versus the empire. But I love my force stuff. I love the crazy force stuff too. I love that Palpatine is, you know, similar yeah, to to this this Hitler Nazi character that's fighting a world war, but also trying oh, yeah. to dig into the occult oh, and also yeah. trying to figure out these weird stuff. And it's not just cool Indiana Jones plots, you know. It's oh stuff no, he's that looking going for on. different ways to yeah. manipulate the force in and order control. to control everything. Yeah. So re- world between worlds brings all of it together, and then you get the mystery of Ahsoka, yeah. this and that, and then can- you get Ezra in a speeder bike costume. I love that, that outfit, <laughs> uh, and then Palpatine showing how powerful he is, but also the limits of that power. You're right; he right. can't go in unless invited. Right, <laughs> he is. He's a vampire. Um, so yeah, the whole episode, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the idea of, I mean, and also on a logistical thing, like, how do you bring Ahsoka back? Right. Uh, and I yeah. like that she didn't show up again. It wasn't like she left that moment and immediately, she's like, no, it's almost like I'm not in this timeline. I'm not coming into this <laughs> timeline until I know I can be back in this timeline. Yeah, I'm going to so the enchantment on, under the sea dance. On top of all of it, she manages to stay and not create a yeah. paradox. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I, I get the, I get the, oh, there's time travel in Star Wars thing. Cause I'm not a huge fan of that as much as I, I'm a Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones nut. I don't want to learn that. You know, Bran was there at the beginning of time because he was able to travel. War. I, I, if it happens, it happens, and I deal with it. But like, I like kind of what's on the screen is what's getting there. But it, it, it so I, but I didn't see it as straight time travel. I didn't see it as time travel. It's not. Either. It's just fudging with the force. Well, man. it's it's. I think it's heavy the stuff, man. Is, yeah, right. Um, I think some of it is that, in essence, while you can travel to different points in time mm-hmm. through the portals it's not like the kind of thing where I mean the, the amount of work it took just to get the portal open yes yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> like it's not like any dude could just be like okay click 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 okay I'm in the portal exactly. I'm going to 1922 yeah know? Kit Fisto is in there going I'm, uh, I'm heading to the holodeck yeah, right yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it is I think that part of it is is that the level of mastery needed to mm-hmm. even get in there in the first place, but also the the understanding of it. Like maybe if you were, you know, mm. it's something that we don't understand on a larger level. It's yeah. mystical enough that you can you can fudge it. Yeah, and and though, so the idea of, of that this is something that could be used as time travel, as opposed to if the force connects all living things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all and all points in time. Yeah. Then really, all it is is a shifting of your perception. Mm. It's yeah. not. It's not. Technically, I don't think you can go in one portal and go out another. Right. 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 I think you can only ma- manipulate the time or or see things within that space. Yeah. 
I agree with that, or what the force is revealing to because because Ezra, as we know now, has been there before when he meets Yoda. There's stuff you know, well, right? See, and I don't even know, you know? That, is that what Dave said? I, I don't know. If, I'm not saying I even it's a fact, theory. but it is is. But uh, but what I like about it is what you just said earlier. It's mystical enough, even when you you the father, the daughter, and the son from the Clone Wars, who of course show up visually on the on the wall there, well, in and this also episode. all the swirls in the world Swir- between worlds. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that. Yeah, oh. but it's so mystical enough that it's like we don't have all the answers yet. We know George. We hear that the story that you know in episode seven, eight, nine that he was going to have the wills and all that kind of stuff. That comes from his brain, and Filoni knows how to really put it up there in a great, uh, you know, entertaining way. So that's why I li- that's why I liked it. It was totally mystical and unexplained, and yeah. made your brain kind of bend. And that should be a part of Star Wars yeah. too. Yeah. So. Great choice at number three, the entire world between worlds. And my number three best moment in Star Wars Rebels is Mon Mothma's speech. Mon Mothma, Genevieve O'Reilly, plays her in the prequels, comes back for Rogue One and gets to voice this character so wonderfully in Rebels. And again, is not a main character. This isn't Star Wars Rebels and Mon Mothma. This isn't about her, except for in these, this arc, she's key. And growing up, you and I are in the era of Star Wars fans, where all of a sudden Return of the Jedi... There's this red-haired woman in a white robe. Oh, I thought Princess Leia was in charge. You know, like you, I grew up thinking New Hope, everyone answered to Leia. Jan Dodonna, everybody was like, Princess, you're our princess, right? <laughs> so when, you know, Empire, your General Riken's there, but you still kind of, you get the sense that Leia's in charge. As a kid, I'm seven or eight seeing Return of the Jedi. Who's this, number one, who's this squid guy? Who's this Crix Maydeen with a bad haircut? But who's this woman in this ethereal white robe running the show? And to finally now to see how she figures out, mm-hmm. figures her way into the story and runs it and gives this speech. Um, and and I have it written down. I don't want to read it all here, but just the way it closes. We will not rest until we bring an end to the empire, until we restore our public. Are you with me? And there's a great pause. I rewatched this moment again in preparation for this episode. That great pause. And then one by one, those ships start coming out of light speed. Boom. Boom, boom. And the rebellion as we know it has really been born. Mm-hmm. Battle of Scarif solidifies it as the first win, the first military win. But even then, they were broken. They needed that. Uh, is this moment that the rebellion truly becomes this forward momentum thing? And it's Mon Mothma. Oh, well, yeah. It's the dawn of the rebellion. Dawn of the rebellion. And it's in... Geek Girl Diva, a cartoon. How great is this show? No, absolutely. And I think that's part of it is up until that point, whenever I would write about the rebellion, I was always lowercase r. Yeah. And then that episode, that way it, it, it became a, a, it a capital because it was just at that moment, stay, yeah. it became the rebellion as opposed to mm-hmm. a rebellion. Yeah. And it was, and it was a, a, it had a leader. And I think the funny part is I don't recall ever thinking Leia was in charge. And that, so when I saw, no, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> when I saw Mon Mothma, I was like, cool. Like that's all I pretty much left it at. Yeah. She's cool. She's yeah. in charge. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I think that, that what was so great about it was, you know, you knew, here's the thing you knew coming in. You knew the time frame. You mm-hmm. knew it was five years before. Right. You knew it was five years before the events of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You knew things were going to happen. And you knew that, that somehow we had to get from this little rebel group that right. started pretty much with Hera and yeah, yeah, Fulcrum, yeah. right? Yep. So that this little group of this little ship... <laughs> Yep. That it turns out, oh, there's pe- there's a couple people here, there's a couple people here, um, but that it really showed how 
rebellions grow. And the yeah. other part of, of, of Rebels that blows my doors <laughs> is that when, in the, in, especially in the beginning, whenever the emperor or the, or the empire mm-hmm. or anybody on Lothal who's on that side yeah. refers to the rebels, they refer to them as insurgents, yeah. terrorists. Right. Um, they use the words mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we use about yeah. Al Qaeda. Yeah. You know, it's it's that idea that wow, you know, for the first time, I've always thought of the rebels as the good guys. They're the good yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah, the empire yeah. is the bad guys. And it was so. And and also, uh, Claudia Gray's um, Lost Stars. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that all of a sudden you're seeing it from the perspective of the other side. Mm-hmm. And no one's saying that. Okay, you know you're good guys, but yeah, yeah, it is because it, it, it isn't cut and dry. That yeah. That's how it gets talked about. Yeah, yeah, when you're not, when it's not people on your side. Yeah, and and so the idea that that these people who are they're fighting for freedom, they're fighting for the people, but mm. the propaganda on the other side, right, is is doing their thing. So to me, Mon Mothma. Taking that stand, when you recognize who she was at the time and the fact that she not only decides she's leaving the Senate, yeah. but she takes a stand and puts herself out there, yeah, like, was amazing. So. Fugitive of justice. And this is why I talk about, and Rebels does a good job of it, connecting with this new Star Wars canon and these 19 years between Sith and A New Hope. And again, growing up, you know, it wasn't just that I thought Leia was in charge. Like you just said, we, because George did, fr- George framed it that way. Rebels, good guys, Empire, bad guys. Yes, there's some, even in the original trilogy, some some different shades of that, but it's pretty much cut and dry. You don't get into the, the realist, uh, Bodhi Rook getting a job at the Empire as a, as a truck driver, basically, hasn't been dealt with yet. You right. know, growing up in the early 80s. This is also a time of, you know, we're, we're growing up with Rocky versus Drago. We've got, you know, things, sh- shades right. of black and white. So to see it play out and connect and how the Rebel Alliance grew to the capital R, like you said, so excellently, um, to see how it plays out across books, uh, even going to New Dawn, Rebels, uh, Solo, Aftermath, Aftermath um, uh, Solo with Infus Nest. That's why I think Infus Nest is really important and what she, she represents already her own little Rebel Alliance, but not with a capital R. And how it all simmers and simmers and simmers to this right. moment with Mon Mothma right. proclaiming, I'm leaving the Senate. We're going to take this empire out. Are you with me? Right. Boom. And by the same token, on a, on a, on a different kind of mm-hmm. note, was the 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 tension between her and Saw Gerrera, mm-hmm. which is that yeah. same idea of mm. they both want to lead the rebellion. Yeah. They both have visions on how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. And they both have had successes. And so the difference really in the end when you watch is the leadership. Yeah. And to watch that, to watch her win people over yeah like to me i was like i started thinking i was like wow could you imagine what the rebellion would have been like if saga had been in charge and i mean like wow that could have happened yeah you know so to me that's also the beauty of something like star wars and and rebels is it gives you a whole new perspective where you can ask yourself like oh i never thought about that moment like that thanks for showing me that absolutely (laughs) and and mon versus versus saw and just the the spiritual battle over the leadership of the rebellion is is another interesting side but uh, that is my number three which means we are on to your number two my number 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Two. What, what is this? I've got a thing going on my phone. I'm trying to look at my thing. Like, I need my list. I don't yeah. need my list. Okay. This one, I know this one is a, is a, is a, a dividing line for some Star Wars fans. Okay. But Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan. If there's a dividing line, I am there on is. the side that is for good. No, I understand. <laughs> but I'm saying I understand the, the, the big, I guess, the sticking point for some people is they were expecting, mm-hmm. you know, the Phantom Menace Part 2. They oh, were yeah. expecting... A lightsaber battle to end all lightsabers. We were lightsaber battles. We were looking for, you know, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you know, Canon and the Inquisitor. Like we were expect people right. were expecting this far ranging battle and da, 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 da. flips and leaps right. with these two old guys, <laughs> right? Because Maul was old too. But you know what I'm saying? Like that, that you that yeah. there was some part of people that really expected that, which is fair. I and get I, it. I like mean, you're I, saying, I understand that, mm-hmm. and I think for me. One of the reasons that moment resonates so strongly is because 
it shows so clearly that how much Obi-Wan has learned, mm-hmm. how much he has changed, how much he has grown, and how in the end, Darth Maul is the same dude he was mm-hmm. all those years ago. Yeah. Using the same moves. Literally. And the fact that he's cut down by a move used to counter something that he, the move he used to kill Obi-Wan's master to me is like genius, you know? And, and I think that, that also Dave's talked about it and the the idea of the Jedi as samurai and that, and that, you know, the idea that Obi-Wan, he only needs to, it's three strikes of a lightsaber. Three. Three seconds. And it's beautiful. And which is interesting too, because now that I think about it, um, uh, Luke with the probe droid. Yeah. One, two, two three. three. Um, but <laughs> poetry. But I think that for me, that idea, that moment, and then the oh, Sam Witwer was so good. Yeah, Witwer, Stephen Staten is old. Stephen Staten yeah. is amazing. I mean, yeah. Stephen Staten is just he's he's amazing. But I think that the idea that in that moment, that even then. Maul couldn't let go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, couldn't let go of his anger. Couldn't let go of wanting to be right. Couldn't let go of his, of his need for revenge. You know, that in the end and that, and that he wanted to the end, he wanted to be right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, and the idea that in all of that, that Obi-Wan is real, has realized that he's this, this, you know, this man that he mm-hmm. so hated. And don't tell me that Obi-Wan didn't hate him because yeah, Obi-Wan yeah. hated him. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, Dutch of Satine, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Qui-Gon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, but the idea that he at that point could embrace him yeah. and and help him move on to me is just... Oh, well, so, um, so touching. My friend Amazing. and writing partner, Matt Key, over there at Geek and Sundry, he texted me the other night. He goes, hey, I just want some clarification on Maul and Solo, uh, you know, where it fits in. I get it. He goes, I'm familiar with the Clone Wars thing. And I, 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 I wrote him a long thing, but the last sentence I said is, uh, the, the confrontation in Tatooine where Obi-Wan kills Maul, Maul dies in his arms as Obi-Wan comforts him. And I just was kind of doing this as like a joking around, like, here's what it is. And I thought about it. I was like, wow, there's some such beauty in this moment. There's beauty in this moment. And it's, it makes you stop and think, which is why I think some of the other, you know, looking at you, Last Jedi, that wonderfully makes us stop and think about things. And it's not just boom, 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 pew, 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 because that's there too, and it should be. That's part of Star Wars. But to have this three-move fight that ends with two lifelong uh, arch nemesis. Adversaries. Adversaries. <laughs> and one of them who has found peace a long time ago is comforting the one who was fueled by vengeance. That's that's deep stuff. Yeah, deep stuff. And I think that yeah, I think it was it was just I I, I think that speaks a lot to to Dave and his understanding of the human condition on a level that you know that, that's really profound because mm-hmm. it's the hardest thing to do. Um, you know, my acting teacher used to say, <laughs> literally decades ago, oh my God, I'm old, <laughs> um, used to say, you know, and I, I'm 90% sure that this is Stanislavski or mm-hmm. Stella Adler, and please, if I'm, if I'm quoting a, a master, <laughs> just know. But what he used to say was, there's nothing more interesting than the actor's mind at work. Sure, yeah. And there's something about the silence. 
mm-hmm. and the and that the way everything kind of slows down that you even on an and an animated show, you get mm-hmm. that every, their brains are working. Yeah. <laughs> you get that there's stuff going on. And so the, the fact that it, it took that time to not only deal with the fight, but to deal with the aftermath and the, mm-hmm. and the, the kind of, like the light going out of, you know, just yeah. like watching that drift and realizing that in the end, the one thing Darth Maul could never get was satisfaction with who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hated himself until the end. Yeah, and I think that's talk about the the price of anger. So Absolutely. I think it's tremendous. Great moment. Glad it's on your list as your number two. My number two. All right, you guys out there in Force Center know know my conversations about war versus lore, and often I like the big battles. I like the big fights, the good guys versus the bad guys. So my number two is the Battle of Adalon. This is the end of season three. This includes Jandodana. I love this character. The Interdictor Cruiser, which is just cool. A hero in command, the death of Commander, uh, excuse me, Hera in command, who is a hero. Uh, the death of Commander Jun Sato and the Bendu warning Thrawn of his end saying, what manner of creature are you, says Thrawn, one beyond measure of your power to destroy. Uh, Thrawn says, you would not seem so. You cannot see, but I can. What do you see, says Thrawn? I see your defeat, like many arms surrounding you in a cold embrace. And a Game of Thrones fan like like myself loves some good old-fashioned prophecies and some good old-fashioned looks into the future. And I sat there thinking, how's it going to go? And I forgot about it. And Thrawn's death, I was like, oh my gosh, because I don't really like the space whales. Then I suddenly really loved them because it made sense to me. And Filoni's plan, um, I see it there. But this this fight, uh, Rebels succeeded in a lot of ways, but one of them was space battles, fights, which part of the reason that you're on the playground playing with your X-Wing toys and everything, it is part of it. You need to have that. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was some of the best stuff and battle of, the Battle of Adelon, the season three finale, kind of the end of the whole thing. Well, when you think about it, I mean, if you look at the battle, I mean, in space, you know, just talk about the the ground fight. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea that you get two different kinds of walkers, how yeah. many different kinds of munitions, you've got mm-hmm. a bo- an aerial bombardment, you've yeah. got, you know, different fighters coming in, the fact that, you know, you've got this the scrappy moment of the rebels fighting back, yeah. you know, and taking out the smaller walkers, and then, oh, oh. God, <laughs> you know, and and... And the mm-hmm. idea that all of this is going on, and mm. and Sato, yeah, what a death! Ah, oh, and what a weird! I mean, talk about a foreshadowing to Holdo. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, mm-hmm. but also, I mean, to expand a bit, the 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 flying, the fighting, mm. anything that had to do with they did more stuff. With vehicles, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, but that fight alone, when you look at all the different things that happened and all the different ways this battle went, and when we had the wins, and then we had the losses and the coming back from it all, and you know, we're defeated. No, we're not. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, and and the just all of it, and mm-hmm. the fact that Bendu in the middle of it. What's great is it's true. Bendu never chose a side. He did. And it's funny because I'm sure people would watch it and say, well, he helped right. Kanan. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But there's, 
in the end, I'm not so sure that he helped Kanan as in he made a choice to let Kanan live. Right. <laughs> and I think that part of it is, in the end, he didn't get involved until they started bombarding his home. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Now I'm in. Now I'm in. <laughs> you, just, you pulled me back in. I think that's part of it is he just, he was content. Mm-hmm. He was content to sit on the sidelines. Yeah. And he was content to dispense wisdom. And if, you know, he could have burrowed into the ground. Yeah, yeah. And just been like, whatever. Whatever. But one of the beautiful things is, is that when he talks about balance, and what I thought was so fascinating was, was when you look at it, all he did was even the scales. Yeah, yeah. He just made sure that there was, you know, okay, yeah. you've lost this many people on this side. Okay, I'm taking out this many people <laughs> on this side. I am the bendy. Even fight. The one in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the one in the middle. And yeah, the fact that he sees Thrawn's death. Yeah, or end of the story. Well, we you can't know say, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't want want to, I don't want anyone to add us there. Yes, no. yes. The end of Thrawn's story in Rebels. At least the part that we know yeah. about in Rebels. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he he foresaw that, and I totally forgot about it too. Yeah, I didn't and connect I it I actually up. didn't connect it until after. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. You, it's amazing the show. How many times on the show I'll go, Dave Filoni's a genius. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. There we go. I'm there with you. My number two, Battle of Adlon. Well, as we often do on the show here, I will go with my number one so that my guest may close the show with Aww. her number one. Uh, my number one, the best moment in Star Wars Rebels is get your tears. It's never too soon to discuss Kanan's death. Kanan, Jarrus. All right. Yes, you're right. Ezra was the focus of Rebels, as he should be. But we grew to love these other characters, including Chopper, Zev, Sabine. Zeb. Zeb. Did I say Zev? Yes. Zeb's dead. (laughs) Zeb. I think I do that a lot. Um, Zeb. Hera, who's a great character, who we knew survived, right? We knew. We knew going in. She lived past the Battle of Endor. We understand, right? Is there going to be an emotional impact in the final season of Rebels? Holy moly. Kanan, we saw... You know, Caleb Doom becomes Kanan Jarrus on the run. And if you read New Dawn, as I did and you did when it first came out, this broken, depressed, drunk, (laughs) never quite a Jedi. Um, Then you read the Kanan comic and you see young Caleb Doom, uh, you know, and and uh, Depa Balaba gets killed, Order 66, with the clones that Kanan, or excuse me, Caleb at the time, had just been having dinner with, hanging out with. And he's on the run and his life is forever changed. To see him come to this moment, Full-fledged, he'd been blinded, all the stuff, the realizing that the love of hair is there, all the all those things. Oh. It is perhaps one of the finest deaths in Star Wars. It has an emotional impact. And then to come back the next week with War, War, World Between Worlds and have to almost relive it again, oh. just reminding you of how powerful of a moment it was. And I know that moment was really hard for a lot of fans. Hard a for the cast. A lot of fans. But I mean, yeah. I know for a lot of fans it was a moment where... And especially a lot of Canara shippers, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. which I am a proud member. You are a leader, yeah. Um, I know there were a lot of people who had a hard time that with that because in the end, you want to believe mm-hmm. that Hera and Kanan had, yeah. you know, that they had a happy ending, and and it was hard to watch Kanan. And I'm sure there were plenty of people who I don't know if they'll ever really agree or be okay with the idea, mm-hmm. but. But it is a heroic, heroic moment. And the thing that makes it so amazing is the idea that 
he doesn't just give his life. He gives his life in service to mm-hmm. people he loves. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's different. Yeah. That is something that, that mm. Kane and Jairus was a Jedi like nobody else was a Jedi. Yeah. I agree with that. Because he loved. Because right. Kanan loved. Not and, that the others and, didn't, no, but, but to this but level. The difference, I to think. To the literal for, level. To the literal level. And I think that part of it, what's so amazing about Kanan, and it's one of the reasons that I personally wish his story had continued only because mm-hmm. I think he was just so amazing. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I mean, obviously, Obi-Wan loved Satine. Obviously, Anakin loves, yes. you know, Padme. Luke loves, you know, Leia. But the idea that. You meant to say Mara Jade. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm kidding. But but the difference is is that Kanan mm-hmm. wasn't a, a, an apprentice long enough, yeah, to truly get the idea that attachments are verboten mm-hmm. and have it hammered into him. Yeah, he needed attachments, like or he wasn't gonna make it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he needed to rely on people, and I think part of what what makes Kanan so amazing is that somehow. Cain and Jairus learned that he could have love and love. He could love people and, ha- and be loved in return yeah. in his life. And it didn't mean that he was a, he had attachments. And I, I really hope someday that within the whole concept of the Jedi, yeah. that the idea of attachments and relationships, that, that they're okay. It's the yeah. difference of does it guide your actions? Mm-hmm. Will you make a choice based on someone you love, the greater good mm-hmm. versus someone you love? Right. And it's that moment where the loath wolf comes to Canaan when Canaan's barreling back to go save hair, and the wolf's like, yeah. excuse you. You have things to do. Go. Right. And so I think that idea that Canaan gave his life because in the end, mm. Hera had to survive. Yeah. Hera's a, Hera's a, a rebel leader. Ezra has to survive. Sabine has to survive. He doesn't have the 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 luxury yeah. of even choosing at that moment. Right, right. He just boom. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, that's what the Jedi do. They protect, they serve, they protect. You know, they, they and so that was what he did. And the idea that that, you know, they're trying to pull him back, and he's like, go, you know, get, yeah. get out of here. Force push. Force push. And I think that that whole thing is is just the 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 selflessness and and yet the love and the fact that in some way he got to say goodbye mm-hmm. and then oh mm-hmm. the whole hand on the shoulder thing yeah, in the yeah. next episode oh yeah yeah <laughs> it is some deep stuff I cried so much it was great so yeah I think it was tremendous and I think it is I think it's yeah. one of the if you know one of the most heroic deaths. In the entirety of the saga, mm-hmm. because it is is it so aptly shows who he is as a person. In the end, who yeah. he really is. We spend a lot of time with him. You see it. All the things you're saying that he, like no other Jedi, who are loved romantically, loved like a brother, loved like a father, loved yep. like a, a and I son. Think it you know? made him a stronger Jedi. Yeah, 
Okay, good point. So that is my number one, the death of Kane and Jairus. What it did to us, the emotional effect uh, we had. But that l- means we are at your number one to close out the show. And of course, it's another emotional moment. It's not enough that you already <laughs> have me on the edge of tears. Thank you very much. I love it. I don't um, love that. You know, I don't want to make anyone cry, but you're you think, emotionally moved by this show. That's why you're here discussing it. I love this show. Um, is, is Trials of the Dark Saber. Ooh, and, yeah. And... And especially, especially, I mean, the whole episode's great. Um, but the whole moment, the whole scene where he's pushing Sabine and, and she isn't fighting, isn't fighting, and he keeps pushing. Yeah. And that emotion and all that pain and all that anger just wells up. And mm. the thing about it that's so amazing is she totally takes Kanan off guard. I mean, 100%. Yeah. And there's a moment where you can tell he's he's not 100% sure she isn't going to kill him. Yeah, right. And, And it's that kind of idea that he pushes her and in one way, he thinks he's pushing her, you know, like you push a student. Yeah, you push I'm a, a coach. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. a coach. You're going to run another yeah, lap, that. kid. Yeah. And and I think that part of it is almost like that moment in Goodwill Hunting where, you know, Robin Williams is saying to Matt Damon, it's not your fault. Right. And right, right. he just keeps saying it over and over. And I know there are people, certain people that just, you know, they, they find that scene hard to deal with. And in my mind, I'm like, it's exactly what he needed to hear, and it's exactly what he didn't want to hear. Right. And so he just kept saying it over and over and over and over again until the kid broke. Right. And I think that's that's this moment. And the fact that Kanan pushes her to that level, that she has this breakthrough, that she has this whole explosion of of mm. you know dealing with these feelings that she's never dealt with. Yeah. And that he's there for her. And the idea that now, I mean, when we finally learn Sabine's story, Mm -hmm. and you just sit there and you're like, oh my God. You know, more emotions. Who more does emotions. this? Yeah. You know, I, mm. there are times I jokingly say I hate Dave Filoni. Right. Because he has caused me to lose it. Multiple times, yeah, yeah, and and I think that though that that's the thing. It's 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 a the whole thing was a, a it was emotion and it was reality, like on a level that we haven't seen again. I think it's one of uh, one of the most emotionally real, yes, uh, installments in the whole thing too. Yeah, and I mean and and. You can get into whatever, you know, whether you, whether you love The Last Jedi or not. And it yeah. was, there was a lot of emotion there, and there was a lot of stuff going on. But there was, there was some stuff in Rebels, and that scene especially, where you haven't really seen anyone break down. Right. Right. And get into some honest-to-goodness guilt, mm-hmm. pain. I, <laughs> yeah. I killed my people. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just, wow. Yeah, oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's no. Yeah. It's it's a great choice. It is a worthy number one because of of what it did Sabine. You know, Ezra grows the series. Hera grows into you know already she was already a great mother figure, but just really really grew into that role. Literally promoted in the yeah. Rebel Alliance. There's so many great things there. Chopper uh, finds his leg. You know, gets his leg that he wants. 
Um, no, I love Chopper. Um, I adore Chopper. You know, there's there's so much. Chopper's there. my favorite droid. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's a worthy contender there. Uh, but to see Sabine, which I think was a great character from the beginning, but I don't know. I, I know Dave had these these plans, but it's like season one. It was like she's all right, she's a cool she's a cool character. She's got a colored hair. She's uh, spray painting Cad Bane. I still want to know why. Uh, all these kind of cool things, but I think she started to really grow. This way, and so th- this moment is earned for her, but it's also a teaching moment for Kanan's team. The crew, yeah. failure as a teacher. Where have we heard that well, before, the Yoda? I- there, all that stuff. Yeah, and the idea that that it is, it's 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 something that it's it is a it's a learning lesson for Ezra, mm-hmm. for Ezra to bend the knee to her. Yeah, yeah, is it's just that kind of thing where mm-hmm. I think also. Mm-hmm. Gosh, really? <laughs> I think also part of it is is that we as people right. are taught that how we feel is not okay, right? Or right. that you know you don't you don't put that out in front of people. Yeah, yeah, you certainly don't have breakdowns in front of people, right? And that's not cool. And keep while, it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. And and also you know when you're a Jedi and a Mando and da, 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 yeah. you got to be cool. And I think that. I'm not saying it's appropriate to just lose your shit all over Right, 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 right. Because it's not. Right. But there are times that that we as people are genuinely vulnerable and genuinely moved and genuinely Mm. uh, moved into Mm. places of anger and fear and all of those things. And the idea that it's okay Mm. to break down Mm -hmm. in front of people and have them accept it Right is huge. It's, it's it's valuable. It's what we need to know more. Uh, warriors need to know they can do that. Mothers need to know they can do that. Fathers need to know right. they can do that. Your husband, brother, sister, every, everyone needs to know that you need they to know you that. can that you yeah. have a, a place that if you really need to break down, you can. Yeah. And I think that that was the thing with Sabine. I mean, they made a con. Dave Filoni made a conscious choice yeah. to feature her more. Yeah, yeah. When the show first started, it was very much Ezra, and then it kind of became Ezra and Kanan. And then, as as the 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 third and fourth season came into play, um, they made a conscious choice to expand Sabine's role. Right. And I think a lot of that was because there were a lot of women mm-hmm. <laughs> who were watching, right. a lot of young girls and a lot of women, and her story became important too. And again, like I mentioned, the partnership. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, the, the fact that that oh, yeah. that episode was kind of like the the gauntlet being thrown down of. She's an equal player here. Let's let's just let's do it. That's it. <laughs> and, it was, and it was like you said, perhaps one of the more real moments in the series, and, and perhaps all of Star Wars in this high fantasy epic, you know, sweeping epic thing where we have porgs and, and lightsabers and Wookiee. Yeah, then we get this animated program How that delivers the goods. It, it it's it is speaks to this show. I mean, we've we've got some great moments here, and I'm sure we could add some more. And, and I'm sure you could do an entire hour on just Hera alone who is uh, one of your uh, personal heroes, I know, and, and, and is a fascinating character. Uh, her figure hangs on my wall in my uh, Black Series collection prominently because I just think, you know, she is... Star Wars doesn't feature... It has a lot of mothers, but it doesn't focus on them as much as it should, and, and maybe I think will going forward, but you have this amazing mother character that mothers this crew for four seasons uh, in, in a way we've not really seen in Star Wars. And That's, she's a badass. And on top and of that. And she's a leader. Yeah. And she's all these other things. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, and, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to lay it out here. Yeah. You know, I'll send your cards and letters. I don't care. Harrison <laughs> Dula is the best pilot in the galaxy. There you go. 
I mean, she I, definitely kind of. She trained Wedge. Trained, she trained Wedge. Now we yeah. know she yeah. trained Wedge. Yep. Uh, yep. She has outflown Vader. Yep. And uh, hello, one of Han's moves in Solo is in. Is hers, yeah, yeah. Is hers. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah. I do think that while Han is probably a better seat of his pants flyer. Sure. Um, I think she is a, a better tactical, better tactical pilot. Which is why I love the the force of the destiny with them and Leia. Kind of like, oh, yeah, right. yeah. No, absolutely yeah. great stuff. Well, hey, Shada, I want to thank you, everyone, for just coming talk about Rebels for for bearing your soul oh. and and getting emotional here talking about Rebels. The show means a lot to you, and it should mean to a lot to people out there. So, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. A lot of fun having you here in Force Center. So, before we sign out, do you want them to? Uh, follow you and all your wonderful adventures. You've got a lot of things you're working on all the time. So where can they do that? Uh, the best place you can find me pretty much anywhere is Geek Girl Diva. So at Geek Girl Diva on Twitter. And I mean, seriously, if you type it in, you'll find you'll me. Find. <laughs> you'll find. Uh, so do that. Give her a follow if you don't already do that. We want to thank you guys out there listening to Force Center. You can follow me at Catnapsuck. We have the website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. You know where to find the podcast. A lot of places included iHeartRadio and Spotify. Patreon page is patreon.com slash Public. We got those shirts up there. Do you heart murder bears? The t-shirt's there for you to buy. That's it. We'll see you next time. Star Wars has been ranked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.